you know, and they say your a superhero has their nemesis, which gives them their superpower, which means that that same person who causes sort of the pain or whatever is the same person that inspires how amazing you can be. Is forgiveness really all that important? How do you deal with failure? What are some new tools I can use to live a life of complete freedom? These are some of the questions we'll be asking in every episode of See One Beautiful Soul. Hey there, it's Barbara Heller. Welcome back to See One Beautiful Soul. It's actually raining here in Florida and I'm recording in my home. And if you hear any pitter patter outside, it's because it's raining and I love the rain. I grew up here and I forgot how gorgeous the rain is. So I'm really enjoying it and just like sitting and listening to the rain. What a great thing to meditate to. And what a great metaphor for life that if you just sit in the rain and listen to it, then whenever you feel rainy or feel that the clouds are forming over your head, you can just give into it. Uh, a friend of mine, Amy, who will be on the podcast soon, Amy Loftus, she started singing this song to me recently, um, the one from Garden State. Man, Zach Braff is just brilliant, not just for the movie, but if you ever heard that soundtrack, there's a song that goes, let go, let go and jump in. There's beauty in the breakdown. You know that epic song by Fru-Fru? Well, to illustrate one of her magical points, she sang it so beautifully to me. So I gave her a divine assignment to actually record that song because the world needs to hear it in only the way that you can cover it. So let's hope that you record that, Amy. I'm on record now. Today we have the wonderful Benson Simmons. I also call him Benzion because his Hebrew name is Benzion and I just like the way it sounds. It's like an Italian Hebrew word. Benzion. What kind of pizza you want? The Benzion pizza. This episode is the main part of our interview and stick around for a few days from now, you're going to get part B, which will be his meditations and some explanation around them. So you can have some more groom work. And for those of you who are new to that term, groom work is grow me work. So instead of homework, it's groom work. And it shouldn't be confused with grown work, which is what I had growing up because I hated doing homework, which would be G-R-O-A-N. This is a completely different kind of homework. If I were collecting it, on paper, the paper would have seeds in it. So you would plant it when you got it back with your grade on it. And if anyone's listening out there, we are definitely looking for some farmers to grant us seeds so that we can send them to our listeners and also to our guests, our special guests as prizes. So if any listeners are out there who actually harvest seeds to grow, we are looking for seeds and all kinds of stuff that you can plant because we want to give it away. So if you want to be featured on our podcast and all of our social media, please let us know what kind of seeds you got so we can seed one beautiful soul. This week, I will be giving a five-day challenge on Facebook. And if you're listening to this podcast after the week of October 5th, 
there probably will be other challenges that I'm giving on Facebook Live. So go ahead and write to me if you're not sure, but you'll see it if you're subscribing to our newsletter. Um, But if you are listening to this for the first time, the day that it comes out, which should be, if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast, whether you're listening to it on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you can find it. And please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you guys. Good, bad, interesting, difficult. We want to hear it. We love feedback. You can also drop us a line at info at barbheller.com. And as I mentioned earlier, my guest today is Ben Sion Simmons. He is an energy healer, spiritual life coach. If someone wants more information, they can go to his website, joyhealer.com. And he truly is a healer that is filled with joy and just constantly and consistently brings more joy into the world through just being here and also through his work. He's an author who uses ancient Jewish mystical techniques to send healing energy through his thoughts, hands, and voice to clients in person and online. He also has podcasts that you can find at Benson's Podcasts at Google Podcasts. Being one of his clients myself, I can attest to this, that you will increase your love, abundance, well-being, and confidence just being in his presence. You'll see, because you're going to be in his presence in a couple of seconds. It's very hard to listen to him, whether audibly or in person, and experience him and not feel joy. We lived in the same community for about 13 years, and whenever he shows up to something, whether it's a meditation class, a party, people always be like, oh, he's here. He studied and apprenticed for years with energy master healer Benzion Bar Ami from Israel. I also took one of the classes that they were leading together. It was fascinating. And he also studied Jewish mysticism, meditation, spiritual life coaching for 20 years. And he's the author of a book called Solar Power, that's spelled S-O-U-L-A-R, Power, Unlocking the Eight Gates to Joy and Abundance. He's also an award-winning actor, an award-nominated writer and producer, as well as an accomplished abstract artist, having had lots of art exhibitions in LA and Canada, and he makes t-shirts with his art on it. I'm so elated to have him on the podcast this week because we are still in the Jewish holidays of the autumn. And as one of my guests that's going to be on pretty soon, David Sachs, one of my spiritual teachers always says, this is the time of wet cement. This time of year is fertile soil for our souls to grow immensely beyond what we thought possible. So if you want to make a new habit, start it now, do it now, do it in the next couple of weeks. I started broadcasting this very podcast the week of Rosh Hashanah, the the beginning of the Jewish spiritual new year. And the reason why is because I wanted to make a new habit. I wanted to create a podcast for people to just listen and drink in wisdom to make our souls grow to help us get unstuck and love one another. There's so much divisiveness happening in the world right now, and I want to combat that with love, random acts of love in the most beautiful, healthy ways. And what better way to start us off than someone who's very, very aware of the Jewish calendar, and that would be Ben Sion. He's going to talk a little bit about this time of year and how if you want to make a new habit and you want to create newness and beauty and joy and healing into the world, this is the best time to do it. So without further ado, I give you my chat with Ben Sion Simmons. 
Bencion Simons, it is so good to see you and your beautiful soul. I have had the honor and privilege of being your friend and one of your learning partners for, gosh, I mean, I feel like I met you when I moved to LA. So that was 17 years ago. I don't know exactly when you moved to LA. It could have been at least 15 years. I know I've known you for at least 15 years. I think it's, yeah, 13, 14 years. Yeah. So this is our bar mitzvah year of being friends. We have a lot of similarities, you and I. It's incredible, right? We both are actors and have a lot of training in acting. We both like to do selfie video content where we're inspiring people to make the world a better place. And we both love Judaism and studying Kabbalah and Judaism and mystical stuff and bringing it down to a level where hopefully we can grasp it and then the others around us. Definitely. And it's been really cool watching you evolve and also, you know, be an artist and an educator in your so many ways, but I had to have you on this because you have inspired me so much in my life. And I just wanted other people to get a taste of what that is like to be in your presence. And so I wanted you to start off by sharing what made you in touch with your spirituality as a kid? How did you get to this place in your life? You know, spiritually, because you have, I mean, I've been watching you evolve over the last 13, 14 years, but Where do you think it came from originally? What was that spark that initiated the spiritual life that you lead? That's such a great question. Um, That was there all the time, but I think that, well, I think adversity is what brings us to spirituality often. And so I was blessed to grow up with two amazing Jewish parents that kind of would be out of a network kind of sitcom, but I also grew up with a an uncle who was a tyrant, very unhappy, very abusive in every possible way, other than physically, so that there'd be no, nothing to show. You know, and they say your a superhero has their nemesis, which gives them their superpower, which means that that same person who causes sort of the pain or whatever is the t- same person that inspires how amazing you can be in many cases. I mean, I was always intuitive. I was always aware of what's going on around me. I was always the guy. I was always the friend that could see even in grade one or two what was going on between people. And I was the one who people were coming to for advice. But I think that still stemmed from the negative influence of my uncle who lived with us. It was my mother and father, my two brothers. And at one point, my grandmother and my uncle and someone else that was fixing up the house. So we had like a crazy household. Yeah, when I grew up, like what before 11 or 12. We lived in this amazing little Victorian house. And when I went back, all the rooms are so tiny. Luckily, we were all short and small people, so we fit. But I think that's where it comes from. It comes from, on the one hand, seeing the positive example of my parents, because this is all about seeing the good. Their whole podcast is about seeing the good. And they were crazy like that. So they could see the good in everything. And then there was the opposite, the person who was putting everybody around them down constantly seeing what's wrong with them seeing what isn't working just making you feel like two inches tall one look would reduce you to nothing and he also manipulated everybody so that instead of my brothers being on the same team to be able to rise against him he was smart and he would pit one of us against the other be nice to one and then mean to the other one and so that we would resent each other 
oh, all kinds of things, just like shutting me down on a, on a daily basis, telling me how I wasn't smart, wasn't talented, wasn't bright, wasn't like all the things that were so obvious. I was like, always top A student, always like singing and on television and getting all this attention, which probably bothered him like deeply because he's a very super talented, super brilliant guy but just unhappy. So that I think happened like daily. I could tell you things that are outrageous that you would just go, really, that person did that? I can remember being in a place where I was horribly sick. We were on vacation actually, and my mother and father had always were kind, would always bring my uncle with us. And I think I was 21, 22. My, well, I was in acting school, right, in, in New York. And so my parents paid me to come to Hawaii. And of course, I was like, I demanded I have to have my own room because I didn't want to be because they would go. The three of them would go everywhere together. They'd share a room, my mother, my father and my mother's brother, because it would save money. And the reason why it was so difficult was because my, again, guilt, our whole society, Jewish, non-Jewish, were so informed by guilt. Anyway, so my grandmother on her deathbed guilted my poor mother to always take care of her brother, my uncle, was married, had a family, but of course, because he was so unhappy, got divorced really young and then came to live with us. Anyway, so I was going to Hawaii and had this big revelation where I finally stood up to my uncle in front of the family and I told him off and I blah, blah, blah. And it was amazing. But see, it was about money too at the time. So I wanted to go and stay in a hostel. And I said, I'll meet you guys, but I'm staying on my own. I'm not staying in this toxic environment. My mother, who never cried more than once or twice in her life, broke down and cried. Oh, no, you're going to like destroy the family because everything about her was family. So I caved and I stayed with them, which was so toxic. And literally within a day, I got sick, of course, right? Horribly, horribly sick. And they took me in and my temperature was crazy. And so I was just, I remember I'm lying there going, oh, help me, help me. And then my uncle gave me this dirty look, turned the TV way up so that he could listen and not hear me scream. And just looked at me like, who's one now? That was like a moment. And again, he ruled the roost. My family were amazing, but they buckled to his being a tyrant. So in that moment, even when I was at my most sick and vulnerable, you'd think he would go. And I think I said, please turn something down. It, like he did it. It was like to that extent. Yeah. Constant, constant beratement and wear. It's basically it's wearing down of your soul. It's trying to wear down your soul. There was always that part inside that knew, no, I know how to fight this. I know my worth. I know my value. I know that there's something bigger. So that there's always something in me, no matter how, what was going on, that knew that it could be transformed. Yes. Like I was just doing that this morning. I was thinking, doing a meditation and saying, in this moment, I choose to transform every single negative thought that I've had about myself since conception and transform that into self-love. And that's the goal is to transform that into love because it's the bottom line. It's all about the love. Beautiful. So it sounds like he was a tyrant of negativity and you are just this wellspring of positivity. So what was it that gave you the wings to fly into this really like angelic person that, you know, people come to now because you're a healer for physical healing, Reiki and 
meditations that they can take home that are personalized for them. What brought that out of you? Because I remember there was a time where you were still teaching acting and you were mostly just acting and producing and writing. And then all of a sudden you were like, oh no, this is my thing. <laughs> okay, yes, what? So I'll tell you what happened. So again, the divine blessed me like you with many, many talents. I won awards as an actor. I enjoyed it, but there was always that part of you're never enough. It's not enough. No matter what you do, it's not enough. I would be, I would excel where people would just be like, whatever. But then it was like, but what am I going to do next time? What if I don't get any work next, next week or next month or whatever? And it came from a sense, always from a sense of fear and always from a sense of feeling like I'm not enough and I have to kind of prove to get people to, you know, love me. And I started to realize, of course, early on that only person that could love me is me. And so that started the process because I would, again, I book amazing things. I would do great on set, but the process behind it of the beating myself up and not being enough and not celebrating just the work, just the artistry. That's what we all want as artists and whoever's out there is wants to enjoy the gifts that you have and celebrate them and be an open channel without criticizing yourself, without beating yourself up. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I thought this was important to talk about because I teach a class on finding your creative clarity, which is really just finding your creativity, really. Acting is one of those few things different than writing and producing where unless you're Meryl Streep and people are like, oh no, we just trust you. Like just go off the page, you know, right. uh, or, or, or stay on the page, but like you get to do whatever you want. Even when you're at a celebrity level, it's the writers and the producers and the director that get to say what you do and how you do it. And so I find that when, when I'm acting this, especially for someone else and it's, I'm not producing my own stuff, the space to create is actually really squelched. And I feel like I'm almost a robot. And it's one of the only art forms where your height, your weight, and your coloring dictate a lot of what happens for you as an artist, whereas no other medium does that. I mean, nothing. Maybe, maybe like an anchor person because it's still performing, but it's yeah. very rare that someone's going to say, no, you can't paint that painting because you are one half of a pound overweight. Yes, and for actors, it's a very specific creative journey. Again, if you trace back acting, many people think it comes from the priests who are leading services. So there's a spiritual connection to it. There's a way of like telling a story on stage or in which you know, because you're so talented and drawing people in and lifting them up. There's a power to that. Unfortunately, in our society, and I guess it may be deteriorated down to, see, like in everything, there's a flip side. There's the talent itself. And then unfortunately, there's the ego attention you get because of the talent. And that's what screws every, that's what gets in the way. And that's what got in the way for me. And that's why as an acting teacher, I tried to, I just saw for myself and everybody else, what would happen is they would get to a level of craft where the craft's done. Like, you're good. Just trust it now. But then every time I coach somebody, it would always be, I'd be managing their fear, not their craft. It would be all about, but do they like me? But should I make that choice? choice? It's, and I'd be like, it's not about them. Let's just make the right choice. That comes to, I have a book called Solar Power, S-O-U-L-A-R Power, Unlocking the Eight Gates to Join Abundance. And I talk about that, see, as a young age, no matter what you do, whether you're an actor or something funny or you did math well or you drew well, but you do something as a kid that's your innate natural talent. But then, unfortunately, 
you get the attention of people who love you, sorry, conditionally, and they give you more love because of that one thing you excel at. So then you've got this dichotomy. I love it. I just want to do it, but I got to do it right. I got to be perfect because then you're not going to love me because my love was based on doing that one thing. Can be anything. Can be super smart in school. Can be a doctor. Can be a anything. But there's always that conditional love, like. I love you more if you excel in school. I love you more if you be a doctor. Or in my case, my mother wants me to be a dentist. I love you more if you be a dentist, right? Whatever. So I saw that as actors constantly, that flip it flopping. And then I just said, that's it. I can't do this anymore. I mean, I did coach people, but I started writing the book. During that time, of course, like you had studied Kabbalah, meditation, mindfulness, everything. And I started to think, okay, what's the, the root of everything? For me, I believe we have two operating systems, if you use the computer idea. So the default system, which if we don't choose it, is system based on fear, lack, and limitation. Your drive, what, you, what drives you as you wake up in the morning, if you don't choose something else, is based on fear, lack, and limitation. And the, the example I give is like, you know, a Rambo movie. You're in the jungle. All you can think of is I have to survive. I have to escape. But the constant message you hear is, but I'm not enough. I'm, I don't have enough ammunition. I don't have enough this. There's more of them. They're out to get me. That whole framework. And that's what I believe. That's what all of us wake up with. Because the overriding message you get with ego that's based on fear is I'm not enough. And then God put that on an actor or a creative person or anybody in the world. And that's going to, of course, shut them down. And I've spoken to so many other healers. They all agree that the core issue for most people is I'm not enough. Why do we do that? Based on fear, lack, and limitation. If I need you to prove to me that I'm enough to love me, then I'm going to seek you as a, a love interest by somebody else. Because you'll make me feel good. Oh, and then I'll feel good about myself. You're coming from that perspective. You're never going to feel good with them. And the first time they don't make you feel good or the 10th time, you're going to be gone because you don't love yourself enough. And then jobs, everything. It's like everything's done for external appreciation, external approval, external love. That was, of course, very clear with all the actors I coached and other people and myself. And then through meditation, all the things I said, then we've got your solar system, S-O-U-L-A-R system. And that's the exact opposite. It's a drive, literally, that drives you based on joy, love, expansion, connection, seeing the good, not beating yourself up. And that's what's driving you and contribution. It's not driving you for love me. It's driving contribute. I have this gift. I want to contribute. It's a whole different mentality. And the message that I get, and I know we all get when we go into meditation, is you're enough. This moment's enough. As people are listening to this, if they just take a moment to realize, I'm enough. I can listen in peace and I'm enough. First thing I do when I feel like I'm enough, I slow down. Because you always know you're usually, you always know you're in fear because it's a... <laughs> you can be in excitement, but it's usually calm excitement. It's different. So as soon as I do that, I say I'm enough, I can take more of how beautiful you are in as I'm looking at you. I look around the room and I go, ah, there's colors in here. Look at this space. I take it in. And by taking it in, I become 
present and in the moment, which is funny because that's the paradox with acting. We get so obsessed to, are we good enough and good? The real craft is to simply, once you use your craft, just be in the moment. Once you're present in the moment, everything flows. Whatever craft you have flows. Thank you, Divine, for sending us what it sent us because it stopped us from getting on that hamster wheel of fear, lack, and limitation. Because that's what it is. Let's do everything faster so I can have a couple of minutes of relaxation. Well, what if we start off the whole day with being mindfully aware and then see where the day takes us? It's a whole different mentality. So that's what happened with coaching, pulling back and going, okay, what drives me? What do I want as an actor, writer, even through the art? I mean, art was different because art I'd never studied. So art was just total flow, total flow. Total was just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't care. (laughs) And that's why, you know, people that said, well, you're breaking all these rules, but I love it. Yeah, because I didn't know there were any rules, right? So that was, that was uncensored. So then the book made me realize, ah, how do we shift? That was what, of course, I was so concerned about. Well, what does shift you into joy, love, and expansion? The best thing that we're given, and a lot of people go, yeah, free choice. The best thing the divine gives us, and in every moment you have a choice. And again, sometimes it's hard because you go, no, I'm not. I'm overwhelmed. I'm a victim, blah, blah. In every moment, we all have a choice. And again, I believe it boils down to the same thing. Choose love or choose fear, which is the two operating systems. And that's my whole point of the divine. The divine isn't the way, no matter what religion you are, we have entrenched in our historical collective consciousness that the divine is a big, scary thing that judges us and we have to walk around being good. And that's part of the same thing of the ego trap. If I'm good, you'll love me, you won't kill me. So it's the same ego that wants it from our parents, wants it from God, has the distorted relationship with the divine, which is based on, I'll be good and then you won't kill me, or you'll give me a Porsche, or you'll give me my my model wife. And even the desires are based on fear. Mm. Why do I need the Porsche? Because then feel like I'm enough. So my goal was like, let's go down to the kishkas. If we want to use a Jewish word, the kishka is the bottom, the gut level. The intestines, in case someone yeah. doesn't know what kishka is. Right. Kishka. Right. Exactly. So that we get down to the bottom and then, then we can build back up. Ah, so this is pushing me into fear. Okay, so instead of going into the slippery slope, when something negative happens and then pushes your whole day into it, you can pull back and go, okay, where am I right now? What is good? What do I love? What do I appreciate in this moment? And then you can shift it. And that's what we're in. We're, we exist every moment in two paradigm shifts, fear or love. And they're giant worlds and they just keep expanding and expanding. So like, for example, I, have, I had a client who came in and was so negative. Oh my God, here's like this really attractive, potentially very creative. She's in a relationship, but everything's awful. All she sees is what she doesn't like. All she sees is what's wrong with the guy. All she sees is what isn't working at work because she's not doing what she loves. So after a few sessions, I remember she came in and got, wow, where are all these paintings from? She's been <laughs> to me for six times already over six weeks. She'd never noticed that there were paintings, like cool, beautiful colored paintings in the apartment because she never noticed the beauty. 
she started to notice abuse and then she decided, oh, she doesn't want to do this negative job. She wants to do a job with, I think it was with food or flowers, something that really inspired her. So then she did that. Then she could see the goodness in her fiance. Then she decided to marry her fiance. And then when I saw her last, she was radiant. Oh, and I was also remember telling her, you must wear bright colors. When I saw her, she was wearing these bright colors. She looked full of life. The journey of being an educator and healer is when you can inspire someone and see them change like that. You know, let's be honest. As educators, who are we constantly talking to? Ourselves. We're constantly inspiring ourselves. The same thing as a, what are, what are most motivators? They're still speaking to a part of themselves that's still a little bit hesitant. So they're still holding back. That's what as a, as a whatever, educator or healer or, or I mean, again, when, when I do Jewish Reiki or Kabbalistic Reiki, coming using divine names, I'm always giving people homework of empowering things that they can do. So it's not like just come get your fix and leave, but it's more of you're going to hear the tools that on a daily basis are going to help you shift out of fear into love. Yep. I know. I was one of the recipients of that homework and it was very helpful. And I love what you're doing because you're trying to get people to see the good in themselves and everybody else. And that's such a, such a through line in your soul that it's so beautiful. So I used one of my simple tools is, you know, I will get people in a certain calmness using my, using the energy flowing through my hands. And then I'll ask them, and you're going to answer this question. What are 25 things I love about myself? And I want everybody to answer with people listening. You can do it right now or write it down. And when you do it, you answer with, I love my quality. So I love my sense of humor. I love my wit. I love my intelligence. I love this. I love that. And you cannot imagine how many people can't get through more than two without crying. And, it, and if they can get through them, they're still questioning like, well, isn't this egotistical of me to even do that? Mm. Which is so, no, it's soulful of you. See, again, it's a shift. When I go into soul, my soul goes, yay, the divine gave me this and that and this and that and that. And then it goes, now, how can I share them with the world? Your soul naturally is that exuberant, optimistic, fearless in a way, or fiercely present child part of you. Now, again, and there's two parts of that. There's that part, and then there's the hurt child and all that kind of stuff, which we have to also manage as well. There's two things. But from the soul perspective, it's just always about contribution. But then another thing I wanted to point out, this is not, this is sort of a veering topic, but I, I wanted to point out something about you which, you, which I love, but I want people to be aware of this, is that you radiate looking at the good, you radiate positivity. But the thing about you, and for people listening, if they're just listening in, it's not about denying what's not cool inside. It's not about saying, oh, I'm just going to see the positive. No, it's choosing to transform darkness into light. It's choosing to legitimately, authentically see good in yourself and others. And that means the flip side of doing of healing and emotional work, which is feeling the divine crap. We're given divine crap and we're given it for a reason to transform it. Everything is energy. It's how we use it. You can't heal it if you can't feel it. So you've got to be able to feel (laughs) the sadness, the the anger, the jealousy. You've got to feel that. Just to clarify, because I know that you radiate so much seeing the good in yourself and other people. And I do, and I love that. And I honor that in you, celebrate it in you. 
And people have to realize, like people say, oh, you're so happy. Yeah, because it takes work and focus to see the good. But for example, even that simple tool of uh, the things I love about myself, I practice that over and over and over while I'm walking somewhere, where I'm driving somewhere, over and over so that I could train my mind that when I look at somebody, I really go for whatever, whatever even just someone you don't know, what are five things I love about them? Something about their energy, even the color they're wearing, anything, start with anything that ships you into the good. It works. It just like with anything, it takes practice. And ego yeah. tries to get you to go, oh, that's nothing. That's just a stupid little exercise. What are you doing that for? You know, come on, let's go back to caring about what people think about me too much and putting myself down. Come on, that's so much more fun. But once you do focus on it, again, it's like two paradigms. You have such an emphasis, unlike most healers that I've been in some sort of conversation with, whether it's reading someone's book or seeing them for a private session, your whole philosophy is really based in fun and joy. Whereas a lot of people are like, let's get serious about the healing process and let go. And everything's like, Oh God, if I have to sit through this again. So what makes forgiveness fun? There's stuff we need to go through, but the bottom line is that it's part of also the child. If you can get the child ego part to go, it's fun, then the child's going to transform and change. What do you do to change a child? You change the focus or you make what they think is awful about eating a certain food fun and then they're all over it. So the whole idea is to, to make the whole process fun like, oh, what do I love about myself? Oh, what do I love about someone else? But now the forgiveness thing, I'd come up with something that seems to inspire a lot of people and that was the idea of get a group of coins and have a little bowl designated for charity or a charity box. And what you do is you take a coin, say this was a coin, take it above your head and go, I forgive myself for something. And then you put it into the charity box. So what you're doing is you're doing an act of charity in honor of the person you're forgiving yourself or somebody else. And it's like a double spiritual whammy. It makes it way, way, way more fun. And I did this actually with clients and they were like, yeah, let's forgive so-and-so. And the person was just like, yeah, go for it. And it became almost like a forgiveness party. But the act of doing something, it takes you out of pity awful part about it and go, oh, I'm doing something positive. And again, it's inspiring. This is gonna go to heal somebody. This is gonna go to feed somebody. This is gonna go to bring light to somebody. So you're combining the two actions together, which makes it so much easier. But the other way you do it joyously, you take the light, and you send it to somebody that you want to forgive. So you're again, filling yourself with light first, and then you're sending it to them. That's the thing what I do with my clients too, is I go, now you're doing what you love to do as a kid. So that's different. But for a lot of people come in, what did you love to do as a kid? First of all, they can't think about it. Then I get the energy going. And they're like, yeah, I used to love drawing. Good, your homework is go out and start drawing, get some stuff, honor the stuff that you loved as a kid. Right. So, and that brings the joy back. Once you bring the joy back, you connect to your soul. It becomes way easier to forgive. Everything's divine. So in this time that we've been in, isolation, the best part of isolation, all of us can learn now, is to have an authentic relationship with yourself and through that with the divine. What I discovered is when you are in isolation, if you can honor your divine instincts, 
like stuff would come up for me. It was like, you got to do stand up. I'm like, I don't do stand up, but it's like, you did. I've got three videos of stand up. Then, then you've got to do this. Then you've got to write a song for this. Then you got to do this. Then you got to put this on tape. As I honored that, see, there's no distraction. I can't run out to, I was doing healing work at a certain spa. I can't run out there anymore. We all have way more time. If we use that to be authentic and honor what's going on, but I use my clients now, I used to say, because I always ask them for permission. I used to say, do you give me permission to help you remove any negative energy? All I say now is, do you give me permission to help you move any energy that no longer serves you? Yeah. It just it, Even if it was negative, it was serving them on some level. It was holy crap. Exactly, or divine manure. Shovel the divine manure, holy crap. Talk about getting a DM. <laughs> a direct message, divine manure. from. love direct message, I love. That's what I call GPS, God's positioning system. GPS, the divine will guide you because it's honoring all your stuff. It's also bringing up all your stuff, which is why if you're authentic, stuff's going to come out. So you need someone, your friend, oh, your sure. child, a book, yeah. whatever, to help you move that through. Yeah, because you, you have blind spots that you can't see. Exactly. Everyone needs a coach. I have a coach, and I always tell people, get a coach that has a coach. I went to a very famous voice teacher. I happened to see this famous voice teacher's number one prize student out and about. And I went up to that person, and I said, do you think that person's worth studying with? And they were like, no, they haven't taken a voice lesson in years. And I thought I had to check in. I said, I still went because I wanted to meet the person. But it was so clear and evident when I met the person, they really thought they were the best voice teacher in the world. And the problem with that is there's no humility. It's all ego. And the person is not in a space of learning. So guess what? Their teaching was off. It was actually off. I felt like I was in a room with lots of people, even though it was just the two of us, if that makes sense. It was like walking into a party. So I just thought I would bring that up because no matter what art form you're studying, no matter who you're going to for coaching to see your blind spots, you want to go to someone who gets that they also have blind spots. Otherwise, it's not going to go anywhere. Definitely. I've, I've been working with an amazing person for years and I will continue because as soon as I work through something, I come to clients and I'm like, wow, Stuff is flowing in ways I didn't even, but it, with me, it's less of what a, a technique, but uh, oh, here's another way I got out of my own way. New stuff keeps coming up and every individual, as you know, because you're amazing like this, everybody you work with and teach, new stuff comes up because it's like a new experience. It's just, it's never the same. It's never boring. You know, it's just a different kind of creativity than performing, yeah. but it's never creative. But I, I have gone to people and seen people that yes, even though it was just you in the room, they looked like they were doing it for a hundred people, for, you know, for an audience of people. Like he had the phone going on constantly. His focus wasn't there. It, was, it. it was like this orator is now speaking right. at you. And there's like right. this wall, his face was walled off. Like everything was walled, even though it was just the two of us standing near a piano. But, but yeah, I, I definitely had that feeling. Just to remind you guys that we never want to say, oh, please give me this. Please give me this. Please divine, give me this. Please divine, give me that. It's so, it's in Hebrew, the word is emet or truth. There is no division between the words and the thoughts and the actions there's no time space emotion so if you go please give me this you're stuck in a position of wanting if you use a gratitude statement meaning 
Thank you, Divine, for my new job. Thank you, Divine, for the ease with which I've met and married the woman who is my perfect life partner. I did that over the Jewish New Year. Again, whether you're Jewish or not, this time, this whole month is a time to plant the seeds for your vision, to hold your highest vision, and to use gratitude statements in a very profound way on, and have fun with them, sing them, dance them. The idea is you're thanking the divine in advance for what you want so that it's, it's there. Thank you for my new job. Oh, to the divine, here's new job. Oh, okay, we're in that consciousness. So it takes away the time, space, emotion of it, but it's so powerful to thank. So I was, where I was leading with this is, as you're growing, no matter what you're doing, how amazing you are, you can always just use, thank you divine for having restored my perfect humility. So yeah. it's one of 10 or 20, you know, cause I use thank you divine for having restored my perfect self-worth, my perfect self-esteem, my perfect financial self-worth, my perfect financial self-esteem, my perfect self-approval, all this kind of stuff, my perfect, another great one is thank you divine for having restored my perfect belief in myself, my talents and my abilities. So all these things, so you can restore anything that you're, feeling that you're lacking and you're working on, thank the divine for already helped you having moved through it. Who did I learn that originally from? The woman who I work with on a regular basis. And then I, you know, and then tweaked it in my way so that I could deal with feelings. Thank you for the ease with which I feel like I'm enough in every moment. Thank you, Sam, for the, what I do. Thank you, divine, for the, having restored my perfect belief and knowledge that I'm enough in every moment. Right. A perfect belief and knowledge that I am safe and secure in every moment. And whatever it is, whatever issues going on, you're engaging with the divine. And the divine, of course, wants to help you do that anyways. The divine just wants you to be a channel of, of how amazing you are. And Barb, you are amazing. I was just about to say the same thing about you. Well, thank you. Uh, that feels really good. I'm consistently proud of you and inspired by you consistently you're, you're just like now she's got a book now she's got two videos now she's got a podcast <laughs> oh by the way ben Sion is the one of the only people that i had to audibly put into see one beautiful soul the music video so if you if he looks familiar and you're going i feel like i saw him or heard him before he's the one that goes that's you that's you that's you in the middle of the song i'm so glad you mentioned that because there were only a couple people that i had to put their audio on because it was just so powerful and now every time i hear the song or if i watch the the music video i always have to say your part out loud and i'll point to whoever i'm with even if it's just me in the mirror I'm like it. that's you love that's it, you love it love it love it love it so let's give out a blessing to everybody who's in the listening world to this. yes Amen. So as you're listening to this, may you believe in yourself as much as the divine believes in you, which is 100%. May you celebrate who you are. May you choose to love yourself unconditionally in every moment. May you recognize that you are not a victim, that you have the power in every moment to choose love over fear. May you be blessed to choose love in every moment. May you be blessed to connect to the fun, creative, spontaneous inner child that's within you and to celebrate and honor that. And at the same time, have compassion and wisdom so that you have a wise child within you and may you feel integrated and whole and loving. May you feel like you're part of the something bigger than you and yet flowing through you in every moment. May you feel peaceful and still and calm. May you no longer need 
love and approval from anyone else because you recognize that you are amazing and that you consistently make the choice to connect to the power of who you are. May you celebrate every amazing quality that you have and be an inspiration to others to celebrate themselves and to love themselves unconditionally. And may you see life as a joyous, magical, wonder-filled, awe-filled adventure, knowing that you have all the tools you need to enjoy this adventure to the fullest. Amen. Oh my gosh. Doesn't he give the best blessings? He also is famous in our community for walking into a room and flicking his fingertips at people like a little kid would be flicking water droplets into people's faces in a playful way. You have to see how he does it. And as he's doing that, he gives you a blessing. So you just like feel this beautiful divine energy just sort of like hitting you. He does it in a lot of his videos on his Instagram page, Go Solar, G-O-S-O-U-L-A-R. So check him out there and please add me also on Instagram at Barbie Heller, B-A-R-B-I-E-H-E-L-L-E-R. And now here are some spiritual takeaways that you can get from today's episode. Sometimes our biggest superheroes in life start out as our most nastiest nemesis. At every moment, we can know that we can transform any thought, conversation, or situation. Try this mantra out. In this moment, I choose to transform every single negative thought into self-love. Go ahead, pause this and try it once. Only you can really start the love process for yourself. Otherwise, no one outside of yourself will ever love you enough. There are two operating systems according to Bencion's Solar Powered Life. Our default system, and this is the one we're not choosing, it's the one that just comes with the package that when you wake up in the morning, this is what it is. It's based on fear, lack, and limitation. And the output is... I'm not enough and everyone is out to get me or ego. And we can wake up this way every day if we don't choose the opposite. The second operating system, which we can choose every single moment and every single day is the solar system, S-O-U-L-A-R system. What drives it is joy, love, expansion, connection, and contribution. It's not driving you for love me, love me. It's more based on, I want to contribute or I am enough. For most people, the common issue is I'm not enough. And most people look for a love interest who will quote unquote, fill that. And then the first time that that person doesn't give you that external love that you were desiring, you could, God forbid, become miserable. You really are enough. No, really. You really are. Here's a meditation based on what Bencion said. So this is me coming up with putting together his thoughts, and I'm just going to give this to you now. Slow down and say to yourself, I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm enough. And put your hand on your heart and one hand on your belly, and then take a deep breath in and look around the room or wherever you are, whether you're in a garden or at home, and take in the room and your surroundings and just name each thing. This chair is enough. This sky is enough. Whoever I'm sitting with is enough. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. Once you're present in the moment, the craft Whatever creative thing you're working on, whether it's an email or a painting or a song, will flow. What he was talking about is your creative energy. So if you heard the word craft, but it sounded a little bit like something else, he was actually saying craft, C-R-A-F-T, what you create. Be mindfully aware and slow down instead of rushing around just to get to a meditative place. In every moment, 
you have a choice. Choose love or fear. The divine doesn't want to judge us. God wants to love us. Okay, here's some more groom work. So write down 25 things right now that you love about yourself. And then please write the top three things on your list on our Facebook page. We have both a regular Facebook page and we have one called D1 Beautiful Soul Community Group. And that is a little more interactive, a little more live. So feel free to join that one and post it there. Choose to legitimately look for the good. It's okay to feel the pain in any moment, but also even that same day, make the choice to see the good. Feel the divine crap, or I came up with this phrase, divine manure, talk about DMs, and then transform it into something beautiful. You can't heal it if you don't feel it. And that takes practice. Now change the focus. Make the challenges of life and forgiving in general more of an adventure, like you would with a little kid you were taking care of. Get a pile of coins and a little charity box, and every time you need to forgive someone, you can do a little act of charity and honor that person, whether you're forgiving yourself or someone else, and just hold up a coin and say, I'm giving this charity in honor of forgiving, blankety blank, and then after you say it out loud, stick the coin in the box. And then like once a week, take the box to some sort of charity or put it into your bank and whatever the amount was, write a check to your favorite charity or send it online from your bank account. Honor the activities you love to do as a kid. Make a list of them and start doing them today. The best part of isolation is to have an authentic relationship with both yourself and the divine. No matter who you're coaching with, taking lessons from, make sure they have a coach because we all have blind spots and you want to be training with someone who is well aware that they have blind spots as well and that they're coming from a humble place. We never want to confuse our coaches or our teachers with the divine. We are all just vessels of the divine spirit. One of Bencion's tips is to maybe not use the words when praying, please give me this thing. His view is there's no division between the words, thoughts, or actions, no time, space, or motion. So use a gratitude statement instead, like, thank you, divine, for my most highest vision of partner, career, home, fill in the blank. Thank the divine in advance, and then it'll already be there. No matter what you're doing or where you are, Thank you, Divine, for restoring my perfect self-worth, financial self-worth, self-approval, humility, talents, abilities, whatever you feel you might be lacking. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with somebody else and also share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, tag us. We love to be tagged on both Instagram and also on Facebook. You can find me at Barbie Heller on Instagram or on Facebook at Barbara Heller, artist and educator. You can also easily find me on the C1 Beautiful Soul podcast page, as well as the C1 Beautiful Soul community group on Facebook. Send me a DM there. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and also leave a review on iTunes or on Spotify. And in a few days from now, you will hear part two of my chat with Ben Sion Simmons. So Don't forget to look for that in a few days right here. I want to thank you for listening. I know there's a bunch of things you could be doing right now, but hey, this was really good for your soul and I'm really glad you stuck around. So thanks for being here. Please send me an email. We'd love to hear what you think about this. There's also a quiz you can take online and potentially win a prize. So please subscribe to our newsletter and share with us. Share, share, share. If anything has moved you, inspired you, made you think, if there's something you really want to hear about, a particular subject of forgiveness or freedom, please let us know. We are here for you. This episode was produced by Katya Soto. If you have a great story about failure, 
freedom, or forgiveness, please write to us. If you know somebody with a great story, please write to us about that as well. We want to hear from you. If you like what you hear, share the episode. Please subscribe, leave testimonials, leave comments. Your opinions matter. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and for sharing these episodes. Please join us on Facebook and Instagram and check out our content at www.c1beautifulsoul.com. May we all choose to look for and see the light that lives in all of us in all ways, always. Always.